Hello there. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Wonderful. That's nice. That's nice. Would you like Hello. To... There it is. There he is. There we go. And we had a fun little uh, day today. If we, if you are listening today, which is Saturday, the 18th of November, it is McHappy Day. It is. Uh, where $2 from every Big Mac sold goes to the Ronald McDonald um, House, House of yeah. Charities. So they do such fabulous work for the families. They make a home way for home for the families of um, sick kids or injured, really injured kids. That's and it. Kids who have to spend a lot of time in the hospital. That's right. So mm. they do a wonderful job. Get oh, into fantastic. it. Fantastic. Fantastic. And not just McHappy Day, it's McHattie Day. It is as well. <laughs> That's good. I don't know why I didn't use that. <laughs> or why you didn't use uh, that well, until I, now. I, didn't, I only thought of it just then. No. We explain why in the podcast. That's coming up. Um, what about Peter Boyowitz? Oh my goodness. This guy's a legend. Lives in Harrington Park. Um, yeah. Mowing today. Mowing for 24 hours. Mowing. He's got to get out there in the thongs and the wife bit, hasn't he? That's how you mow the lawn. You don't get into, you know, any good gear for the lawn. No. Looking to raise $100,000 for charity and break a world record um, in that attempt. So best of luck to him. You'll hear from him. Brad Haddon on uh, Australia's chances in the ODI World Cup. He joined us. Oh, I'm excited. I'm not nervous. I'm excited. Really? Yep. How's Dave feeling? Well, I think he's feeling, well, he's pretty tired. The, the old body's just hanging in there, but I think they're pretty pumped. To That's make not another... what I read. I didn't read that. What did you read? I read Dave's ready to go. Oh, he, he could go ready. again. He is ready to go, but it's been a long campaign. This is, I think, yeah. their 20th game That's in a right. row. At that level, it's all mental. and He's a tough rooster. It is. And when you see the way they fielded the other night against South Africa in the semifinal, yeah. it was a real attitude thing. And yeah. they came out and they're fielding. Like the, some of the boundaries that they stopped – um, whether it be David, Marnus, mm. and, and a few of the other it's players. Probably one on the match. I reckon. I know the bowlers, they, they did a wonderful job just, you know, chipping away. They had a good lead, but they had to keep it going. They couldn't afford to lose another wicket. Well, we still haven't seen a complete team performance. So hopefully the whole team can Boy, have that, that game. Well, it, here's the thing. It, if you're going to win a match like this, I don't think it can be a complete batting performance because the the, the openers have got to set a big score for the first wicket. Yeah. And then the, you know, if the next guy comes in and has a big score, then basically the whole innings is over. Yeah. And that's what we want to see. I thought it was great composure in the semi as well, because those rain delays are tough, especially when you're on top, you're four for 44, you're thinking, we got this in the bag. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, David Miller, they just could not get him out. I think he got a hundred on, I'm not sure, but mm. he was dangerous. But to get Bavuma out early, De Kock and then a few of the others, yeah. um, it was good to see. But then again, Mitch Marsh, no score. Um, oh, but that was an absolute screamer, the catch that got yeah. him out. What about Maxwell? Yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll be right. What about him? He was well, your favourite guy a couple of weeks well, ago. Well, no, no, but it, it, they're brittle. You know, that can be brilliant and then terrible. And yeah. then brilliant and then terrible. That's you know? the nature of cricket, though. Well, I've got racehorses well, like that. They're very frustrating. I know. I keep backing them. Well, if that's when the pattern, when they're off. <laughs> they'll be brilliant tomorrow night. I hadn't thought pattern. of that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. A um, couple of things we didn't get to. Uh, Ronnie Palmer, did you hear about him? Oh, legend. First time in 50 years, the renowned strength and conditioning coach won't feature in an NRL club's preseason. Shown the door by the West Tigers. He is getting a bit old, though. Yeah. But he knows he's what he's doing. He's in his 70s. Yeah, but do you think maybe his practices are a bit out of date? Well, West seemed to think so. Do you know the thing that about Jeez. Ronnie Palmer? His ages. He always had the shorter shorts. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. had the little shorts when he was at the Roosters and the, the New South Wales Origin squad. He always had the little shorts. Yeah. Don't bend over, Ronnie. 
good advice. Take that into your day, Ron. <laughs> he could be mid-bend now. He's like, oh no. <laughs> Better get back up. Um, I don't know if you heard this either. Uh, English Premier League side Everton. So if you're a fan of the Toffees, no good. Uh, they've been deducted 10 points after breaching the league's profitability and sustainability rules. They now sit 19th with uh, four points. Jeez, that's wow. a harsh penalty. It is considering that Man City is still facing punitive measures following an alleged 115 breaches over nine years. I think Chelsea might be in a bit of bother yeah. as well. They might lose a point yeah. or two for something as well. But that's wild. You breach you breach it once, you lose 10 points. It'd you be breach good it 150 if... times and still no penalty. My God. You know what would be good if Come Man on. City breached it? Because then, because I'm a big um, Tottenham fan now mm. because of Ange. Um, Man City, I think, are at the top of the ladder and they then are. Tottenham is second. See, Man City, if they get penalised at the same rate, they get relegated to second division next well, year. Non-league football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're down to fifth division. They should be winning if they, there. If they get charged with all those. Um, so, yeah. But, but, you know, rightly so. That the, that um, That is uh, put in place to sort of make sure they're not spending above their means. And they were. They were, they were $124 yeah. million dollars in the hole. So <laughs> Basically, it's, it's like best. reaching the salary cap, isn't it? Pretty much. By yeah. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Simply put. Um, you got anything for me? What did you want? No, nothing. I'm just asking. About what? You, you know, something he doesn't have for you, a What's smile. That? He's been he's been in a beautiful mood today, I've thought. Right? Yeah, you have. What did you want from me? No, I'm just saying, like, do you want anything? Because you've got a platform, you can say things oh, that you want to say. Oh, you want me to, to launch on my platform? If you like. Yes, well, I have a platform at the moment. <laughs> I am very anti what they're doing down the Kosciuszko National Park. But that's in the podcast. I've already hooked it. You've already, right. yeah. I'm just asking, is there anything else? Well, no, how many agendas do you think <laughs> I can just, bring? Just, I mean, I'm just say, asking. Sorry. Sit here and just look oh, at me and say, no. you got anything else you need to say? Well, No, okay. not need to say, want to say. Goodbye. <laughs> There's the Richard we know and love. Enjoy the podcast. I have fun. Thanks for not yelling at me, Candice. That's all right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Australia are taking on tournament favourites India in the ODI World Cup final this Sunday in Ahmedabad to preview our chances in it, to dissect the thrilling win over South Africa that landed us there. Joined by former Aussie Gloveman, Triple M Cricket's Brad Haddon, who you can catch on the coverage tomorrow on Fox. He's doing a great job. Morning, Brad. How are we all? Very well, We're thank good, you. Hads. Now, our, our run to the final has been excellent. We're, we've got a picket fence of wins in our form. But our middle order... It's still a little brittle. Am I, is that fair? Yeah, you're spot on, uh, Richard. I, I think we've been building beautifully to, to this stage to, to get to the final. We've seen some outstanding batting up the top. We've seen some aggressive hitting at the back end of the game. But we, we need to fix that overs from 15 to 40. And, and that's going to be a big part in this final because India have got two outstanding spinners in those overs. They control the tempo of the game. So... Yeah, we need to find a way to, to combat that part of the game, and, and that'll go a long way to deciding the result. Uh, Mohamed Shami took seven wickets against New Zealand. How much of a part will he play um, tomorrow night, and how is Australia going to stop him? Yeah, it's interesting. Mohamed Shami wasn't even in the best team for India at the start of the tournament, but since he's come in, they've found a new life. He's a wicket-taker in the middle overs, but... He's also outstanding with the new ball. He presents the seam probably better than anyone in in the world. He gets a bit of sideways movement off the, the surface. So it'll be tough going early for um, the openers. But I imagine it'll be a, a pretty flat wicket. So, um, yeah, we, we've just got to look to get through his first few overs. And then I think we can work into the game with him. The pitch. Now, there's been some controversy here because <laughs> they've been blowing up that they've been using... Oh. 
old pitches, you know, second-hand pitches, and they're going to do it again in the final. And yet the, the last match uh, that uh, India played, the Muhammad Shami took the wickets. So is the pitch a factor? Oh, well, Richard, I think we'll have to wait to tomorrow. They'll, they'll probably prepare three um, wickets and then India decide what <laughs> surface they want to play on. So that's the uh, reality of it. But I, I think what India will like, that they will want a, a, a good surface, a, a bit drier to, to take um, the Australian quicks out of the game. But, mate, your, your guess is as good as mine. I, I think we'll all have to wait till India decide, then, then we'll prepare accordingly. But, uh, yeah, some funny things happen at this time of tournaments in India. Uh, Sonny Gavaskar. He told everybody to shut up. That we're, that anyone talking about the pitch being doctored is a moron. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. They, they don't uh, doctor their wickets. They've just got a couple of surfaces to pick from. So yeah. I, I think this surface um, will, will be a good surface. It'll be a good contest. And, and, and you need to. You're going to have 130,000 people at the stadium. It'll be jam-packed. The atmosphere will be unbelievable. And, and there'll be billions of people watching it. So... With, with your marquee event, your final, you, you want a good surface so we get good even contest. Is there any conceivable way we win this, Hads? I mean, you just mentioned we 100%, need. Hundred percent. Yeah. But you just mentioned we need to fix up overs fifteen to forty. That's twenty-five overs. That's that, that's many. That's that's a few. That's a few overs to to get right in in you know one game. Yeah, it is. But we've seen some really good signs um, in the semi against South Africa. The, the attitude they had in, in the field was was outstanding. They're, they're peaking at the right time. Even the old boys started to move around a bit in the covers. Steve Smith, Davey and, and Marnus, all, all those guys sort of put their presence on the game. And, and I think that's how we win it. We, we put our presence on the game. We were aggressive with the, the new ball, look for wickets. But if we come out with that same intent, I think that can rattle India. How do you think this tournament's been for, you know, the advertisement, I guess, for the one-day format? Do you reckon it'll survive post, post-World Cup? Yeah, I, I think it will. I don't know um, how we will see as many bilateral series, but mm. we'll still see all these big events. I think the World Cup's been, been outstanding. We've seen some unbelievable batting. Um, there's some fast bowlers who we didn't think would play a part of. have been some um, great performances as well. But I, I think it will survive in big events. I, I'm not too sure about bilateral series. We'll play as many of those, but we'll still have big events like this. Brad, the 50-over format compared to the 2020-over format – I love it more because I think Do nine you? times out of ten, the better side wins, where that's not always the case in 2020 where, where luck can play a, a huge so, role. It's such a – I know it's a one day, but it literally goes all day. Yeah, yeah but it, I love it. I love test cricket, so it doesn't matter how long it goes for me. But what do you think, Brad? Well, you know what, Richard, I agree with you because I, I think what it does bring is a bit of – say for batting, for example, in those middle overs, it, it brings a bit of batsmanship. Um, and yeah. what you see in 2020 is teams can get away with just playing the power game and, and, and take the game on the whole time through those middle periods of the game. But what we're seeing in the middle overs, you need a bit of batsmanship. You need some um, crafty tactics to get to the other end, maybe take your medicine with a maiden or two and, and build into the contest. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, Richard. I, I like that the um, tradition of the game where you need the batsmanship, you mm. need to think about the game. A couple of test elements thrown in there. That's, that's not too bad. Hey, uh, well done to you on the um, on the Fox coverage. Something I really liked from you the other night during the rain delay, he took a sip of water. Now, there's always waters on the desk, but you never see people drink it. But Brad Harden, he was like, nah, I'm parched. I'm having some water. And I respected that. You hydrated yourself. Well done, Brad. Yeah, that's because I was tucking into the hot chips out, out the back room. We had to quickly run and get on air. So I was a bit parched. <laughs> You've done a wonderful job. I think it's been a fantastic tournament. It's a long tournament, but but I've I've loved every minute of it.
Yeah, I, I think I'm the same. I, I reckon it's been a great contest. But what I like most, is I think we've got the two best teams in the final. Um, India have been flawless through the whole campaign. Had they got a little twist in, in a, a final, can they panic? But Australia built into the tournament nicely. They're one of the form teams now. But we've got the two marquee teams playing out the final. All right, good on you, Brad Haddon. Uh, catch Cups. you tomorrow on and the... And South Africa lost. How good. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. yeah. Fox coverage. Semi. Uh, here, here. And Lock. England went home early. Doesn't oh, get yeah. Oh, Doesn't one of the greats. Uh, well, wonderful day for you too. You're umpiring all day for your kids. So well done. He can be bribed for the right <laughs> price. Uh, Brad Haddon. You're to the pitch for them too. <laughs> Absolutely. How much? What do you want? I tell you what, I won't get bribed today. Last week, you would have got me when there's some good races on. Races in Newcastle. No, thanks. We have to talk about that at another Time, yes, man. indeed. Uh, good on you, <laughs> my man. Have a great day. All right, mate. See Take ya. care. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. Former Bulldogs club captain Raymond Fatala Mariner has reportedly returned to training following crisis talks with Bulldogs boss Phil Gould last week. Apparently the Bulldogs uh, could have been up for some sanctions if uh, if he wasn't allowed to, to train there because it's in his contract. He has to train. He has to yeah. be part of the club yeah, while he's there. Absolutely. And we were talking about it last week and we thought there was, it just didn't make sense to us. Mm. But um, Something's been yeah. going on there. You never get the full story. Look, they have recruited a lot of a lot of players, nine, and they needed to get rid of some. But he's under contract for two years. I think he's under $400,000. So it's so good to see him back at training. What I didn't understand, these crisis talks were uh, leaked. Photos of these crisis talks were leaked. Um, they were having a... The secret crisis talks. The secret crisis talks in, in, the, in the very public Canterbury <laughs> Leagues Club. Which I, And I, I really like Phil Gould. I really do. And didn't he post from what's Instagram it, or Twitter a photo of himself at the Chinese restaurant? Well, yes. Well, Phil Gill came out and said, I never care about these things, but, you know, uh, we've got the person responsible. He's been identified. You know, I've got an image of him. We've got his name. It sounds like you do care about it. Also, you're the boss of the Bulldogs. I'm sure you've got an office. Yeah. Conduct these meetings. In the office, behind if you don't want to Behind closed doors. Behind closed doors, right? Exactly. This is a concept. Uh, Sydney Roosters chairman Nick Politis has revealed Joseph Suali'i is planning to return to the NRL in 2028. He hasn't even left. No. <laughs> he's got another year to go at the Roosters <laughs> and he's off to rugby, earning a stack of cash over there. And apparently he'll be back in 2028. How would rugby feel about that? You know, they've recruited him. He's going to be there for the World Cup and then... Well, for the, that next World Cup, and then see you later. Well, I think they know what this is. It's a cash grab. It's 100% a cash grab. Yeah. And they'll take it. Most right. things are about cash. Absolutely. And he's 20 years old. Yeah. 20 years old. He's 23 or 24 by the Will time he, he comes back. Will he be the same player, though, when he gets back? Because we have seen players who have gone to rugby union and then try to come back to the NRL and haven't really been that successful. Yeah. We saw that... Um, with Carmichael Hunt. I think he went to rugby. Oh, there's Ryan Cross back. went. Um, there's been so many of them have gone yeah. that you never really saw. But of when they heard come of. back to league, yeah, but usually they're not the, the same player. Yeah, but they're in the twilight of their career. Yeah, they usually have. they come back then. But he's coming back at 24. He's, he hasn't even reached his peak yet. So I reckon it's fine. Okay. Go make your money. Go make your money. Come you know, back. Game's always going to be here. I always rugby. Laugh when I, when <laughs> I, I hear the that. press conference and they, this, some player's gone somewhere for huge money and they say, oh, it's not about the money. And I feel like putting up my hand and say, well, do it for less. Yeah. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> and they won't. No, they won't. Um, here we go. This will get tongues wagging. The top 10 sexiest sportsmen on the planet oh. have been named. <laughs> no, let, let's just clarify this. This list was um, put together by the women of England. Is that correct? Well, it came from an English yes. 
publication. And it is absolute rubbish. It's wrong. In my opinion. I could count 50 more well, attractive. Let me just read out some of these that are on it. Mm. Tyson Fury, number one. He's got a head like a beaten favourite. Yes. Yes. Literally beaten. Look, him, look, I quite like him as a person. I find him really funny and a great boxer, but I wouldn't well, call him does sexy. sexy. Does sexy encompass what's on the inside? You I know think what I mean? this is no. I don't. No, think it's so. all. They've got Cristiano Ronaldo on that. You, you'd like him, wouldn't you? No, no, I don't. I think he's too pretty for me. Right. Yep. Like I don't him. mind Conor McGregor at number ten. Eh. Eh. Well, Rory McIlroy. How does he get on? Yeah, it's no good. Look, no. I. Yeah, there's so many <laughs> other. What about you, you? You're thinking. I'm thinking more sort of. Who do you think? Look, I think Kelly Slater. I think he's a very attractive man. Um, who else is there? There's oh, what about? Surely Tom Brady would be on that list. He's a good-looking fella, isn't he? For his age as well. That's what got about to old David it. Beckham. He's still a good-looking. Oh my guy. goodness, yeah, yeah. But he's not a current athlete. I think this right. is a current athlete. Right. Um, okay. What I'd, Neymar? Neymar Junior. That's I'd, age. That's ageism. I tell you what, Scott <laughs> Sorensen from the Penrith Panthers came in here the other day. Goodness me. I have to get a photo with him. Oh, oh, I have to get a photo with him. Oh, my God. Just so I would be next to that. Oh, Unbelievable. Stop it. Okay, I think so, you should stop right there. I so really then, do. All right, he who, knows. Who, <laughs> so would, if we change this, would this be of all time? I think so. Is this our phoner? Let's do it. One triple three five three. Of what's all the, time, What's then? the question? The question who is, is the sexiest, the sexiest sports man. Yes. And we're only taking male callers. <laughs> That's good though. See, you're allowed to have your wife or, or partner or whatever in your ear with the sexiest sportsman of all time. Is that what we're looking for? Oh, well, of all time, you'd have to go Beckham. You'd think. Yeah, he's pretty hot. He's pretty hot. Can anyone beat know? Beckham? That's what we're looking for on one triple three five three. A Beckham beater. We're looking for a Beckham beater on one triple three five three. A caller of the day with a hundred dollars to spend at Red bucks. Rooster. Yes, the that gets ro- you a lot of Rooster. The Do you rooster have to use calling. it all in one go, or can you sort of go? Once and then go back next week. You can do multiple transactions. Like yeah, nice. yeah, I think it's like a gift card sort of thing. Yeah. One triple three five three. Otherwise, you're in big Looking trouble. Looking for the sexiest sportsman of all time. Sexiest sportsman of all time. With what caveat, Richard Friedman? Male callers only. <laughs> One triple three five three is that number. It follows this uh, this list uh, compiled by, I believe it was UK. Oh, it was women. a rubbish list. It's a it's a mess. Number one, Tyson Fury, the boxer. Ah, so just... you know what? I think Andrew Eddinghausen back in the day. Ooh, geez, could yeah. be up there with. Oh, ET. He did cut a swathe. Oh, I just had no a moment. cameras in those days. <laughs> I just had a moment. Um, Paul in Padstow Heights, who is the sexiest sportsman of all time. Uh, good morning, legends. How are we all? Wonderful. Good. good. Uh, I'm not that way inclined, but my wife reckons Matt Cooper from the Dragons. Oh, mm. yes, rugged. Yes, indeed. Rugged, good looks. Would you agree with that, Candice? You're the judge here. Yeah, he was pretty. He had pretty eyes. That's what I was about to say. Eyes. It's all in the eyes, yeah. Paul. Would you get lost in those eyes, Paul? Not me personally. Well, I would. You never know. You never know until that opportunity. You can out yourself here. Presents itself. (laughs) (laughs) Peter is in Miranda. Who is your sexiest sportsman of all time? Morning, all. Um, Not mine, but uh, James Hunt, the Formula One driver. Oh, man. There was a man, when it came to women, never touched the brakes. (laughs) (laughs) So this is before my time, I believe. Oh, James James Hunt Hunt. was blonde, English, charming. Good-looking hmm. Formula One drive, racing car driver. I'm he just going to Google him yeah. now. If he had no, it all. He's, a, he's painted a vivid picture for me. I don't even need to see an image. Uh, no. He had a bit of a bulb nose. A bulbous nose. Yeah. Would you describe his nose okay. as bulbous? 
Yes, I would. I've just seen a picture. <laughs> <laughs> that picture's probably him when he was 40 or no, something. No, that's not how you... Anyway, yeah, Pete, that's not I what thought you it described. was a good one. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Uh, Barry in Five Doc, who's your sexiest uh, sports man? Oh, it's got to be Roger Federer. Oh, yes. He's, just aged he's, well. He's, Every mother so, wants Roger so Federer composed, as a mm. yep. But he's so composed, he's so personality plus and so That's humble. Because sexiness... He never puts a player down. Sexiness right. is more than just looks, Do you have looks, a picture of him on your package. wall there, Barry? Big bud? Do you have a picture of him on your wall? No. No? Do you know what? <laughs> okay. I have seen him in a suit at like a Met Gala or something, and he scrubs up really up. well. well. He's, he's, got, he's got good hair. He has. He is... He's, Pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> Noah in Tarmor, uh, finish this off for us. Who's the sexiest sportsman of all time? Hey guys, how are we? Good. Wonderful. Um, my sexiest sportsman probably Lewis Hamilton. Ah, oh, well, he did no. make the list. He was no. fourth on this list. No, he looks like a mango yeah, but... that's been hit with a tennis racket. Oh goodness me! <laughs> I'm taking Lewis Hamilton over Tyson Fury every day of the week. Oh. Absolutely. If you had to choose, if it's one of those, yeah, if it's a choice, do you reckon Tyson yeah. Fury's had something to do with this list. Oh, he's put the votes in himself. I reckon he has. And who's, yeah, yeah. And who's going to argue with him? That's, That's very right. true. Very true. Look, I like Lewis Hamilton. I can't, I think Barry's under the, you know, it's the package. Barry's under the right thing there. Yeah, Roger Federer. Roger Federer. Is that the winner? Oh, I still like James Hunt. No. No, no, no. After seeing that picture, I... Yeah, I think well, I'll have yeah. to give it to Barry. Yeah, give it to Barry. Uh, there's a bit of everything in the Red Rooster Mega Box. The Rooster's calling you to try a Mega Box at Red Rooster today. $100 to spend there. Uh, Barry, you might um, split it 50 50 with Roger Federer. You can take him to Red Rooster. Yeah, oh, he'd love that. You there, Barry? No, he's oh, watching he's the planes. <laughs> he's sitting at the end of the runway in his car. <laughs> The Dead Set Legends. To our audience. On Sydney's Triple Lambies just tuned out completely. I've had my say and I've had enough. <laughs> What's this little tidbit you, you gave me off air just before, just during oh, like the song? Rusty. Yeah. Rusty. 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 He was the horse on Seinfeld. Rusty was the horse who got fed beefarino and ended up with horrendous flatulence. Okay. On that note. Rusty's Motorsport Update. For Bendix. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Sorry, Rusty. What a, what a horrific way to be brought in. Do you know, do you know, that is one of my favourite episodes. I love that show. And, and don't my friends remind me about Rusty the Horse very often. Rusty! Rusty! <laughs> Rusty, Vegas GP looking next level, but it was a bit of a cluster on the first night. So much hype about this event. What they, what they did with the driver introductions was, was Hollywood spec. But far out, what a what a challenge organisers have been faced with overnight there. Absolutely. And are they going to have a, a second practice round or is it all called off or what's going on? They, they, they managed to get running last night, um, but it was crazy. Okay, so, so just to perhaps if listeners have woken up today and not heard the story this morning, in short, first practice session, we were barely a couple of minutes into it. Um, Carlos Sainz has crossed a part of the track where there was a... Uh, it's not as big as a manhole cover, but it's it's like that, right? And and the the aerodynamics of the car have sucked it clean out of the ground, and it damaged very badly the underside of his Ferrari. It did something similar to another driver in Esteban Ocon. So we lost all of free practice one, free practice two. The start of it was delayed. They eventually got some running in with hurried repairs around the track, but. I mean, for all the glitz and glamour and all the excitement that we've had, I mean, the, the acts that they had for the driver introductions on Thursday night, our time, were off the, off the charts. Keith Urban and, and more. 
But to think that we could have, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars spent on this and yet a fundamental like that be totally overlooked, it's not a good look. Not well, a good look, well, but they got some running. Raises a serious question. Is this track up to the task? And, and how does an organisation with obviously, you know, months or maybe years of notice create a track that's, that could injure drivers and not, not just cars, but drivers as well? So they have done um, repairs overnight to take those covers away, Richard, and basically fill in the holes to prevent a repeat of this happening. It should the point to your point. It should never have happened in the first place, right? So don't they um, inspect yeah. every track? Don't they have people they, they that do. go there they and do. say you can't do. do this? Okay, let, let me let me. I'm going to give you a little little something today. In my opinion, if Michael Massey was still there and he was trained by one of the all time. Uh, uh, legends of of, um, of safety and, and running of the sport in Charlie Whiting, who sadly is no longer with us. If Michael was there, it is my belief that this would have been picked up months ago and we would not have had this problem. That should have been... However it's got to this point, I don't know, but it should not... A, a world-class event like that, it, it shouldn't happen. Now, now Toto Wolf, the boss of the Mercedes team, has hit the rev limit about the fact that we, we shouldn't be focused on the negative too much. Stuff like this has happened before, and he is right. There have been uh, brand-new circuits before where, where things ha- have gone wrong when they are properly subjected to the pressures of Formula One. But you would think, with all the, the knowledge and all the people they have in that, in that game there, that we, we would have been on top of it before that happened. It's not a good look. And probably the worst part, they ushered the fans out. You know, Candace was asking about practice too there before. They ushered the fans out because they, it was staged so late in the morning. It was like like two in the morning, and they had to get it done by four in the morning so they could open some of the roads that, that are around the Vegas oh, wow. track precinct there. Crazy. Yeah, Crazy. No good. All right, Rusty, uh, always a pleasure to catch up. You can check out the Rusty's Garage podcast on the uh, listener app there. You caught up with uh, Brock Feeney on that. Is he going to let... Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, maybe, uh, or is he going to block for Shane Van Gisbergen, or is he going to go for a win in Adelaide? He's an ultimate team player. What I think he will do is is help the team uh, with the championship so that Shane finishes um, on a high. But let me tell you, the thought of him winning again on the streets of Adelaide, like he did last year as a 20-year-old, that is a big, big motivator for him. Mm. All right, you can catch that chat on the podcast. It's all thanks to Bendix Breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. Good on you, Rusty. We'll catch you next week, mate. Rusty the horse. I'll go back to what am I eating, Richard? What beefarino. Am I <laughs> beefarino. Beefarino. <laughs> Stay off the beefarino, Rusty. Enjoy that. Okay. Smell you from no, here. The See ya. Let's have a look at this 2024 NRL draw, shall we? Yes. No sooner do. has the 2023 season finished, and we are already getting stuck into 2024. And there's controversy. I believe so. Listen. As usual. Listen. Let's go through a, f- a few things that I spotted uh, in the draw. The Sharks... Oh, my goodness. They've got a soft draw. Yes, they do. So they play eight games um, with teams that finished, well, from the bottom four from last year. So Mm. they've got it pretty easy. Um, I know the Bulldogs and um, the Seagulls, they have no five-day turnaround. So that's going to really help them. Uh, Broncos, they've got it pretty good as well. I think they play most of their games at Suncorp and, and probably Friday night games. So they've got that. Um, really... Not much travel for the Broncos. No, no. no. Panthers have got it tough. The, well, the first month is very tough. They've got the Storm, Eels, Broncos, Roosters in the first month. So, I mean, that's that's rough. Mm. But you know probably what, rightly so. You know what I think about all this? What's that? I'm going to tell you. 
This is like the barrier draw for the Melbourne Cup. It doesn't matter till after the gates open. Well, why? Uh, if you don't win matches, it won't matter how many you play at home. Why? What? Wouldn't you give me the tips for the Melbourne Cup before the barriers were drawn then, I ask? Because I hadn't done the form. (laughs) St George. But uh, then when I had done it, I got you. Shiraz, yes. Shiraz. St George, Illawarra, they'll miss out on Magic Round. But I will say that women's origin is now three games and rightfully so. And the first game is going to kick off on the Thursday night of Magic Round. So I think that is going to be spectacular. It's always up in Brisbane. Right. I thought it was funny the Dragons missing out on Magic Round because they they really don't want Ben Hunt playing in Queensland, do they? They're like, no, not even for the Dragons, you're not playing in Queensland. Absolutely not. (laughs) It makes me think, so West Tigers, they have um, by round one and I think the Warriors have the final by. What would you prefer, the by round one or at the end? At the end. end. Absolutely. That's a no-brainer. That's That's when you've got a heap of injured players (laughs) you're trying to nurse through. But it also, if it's at the start, it also gives you time to do extra preseason. Yuck. That's Uh, the worst part. Players hate that. Yeah. Okay. Oh. No one's voting for that. All right. (laughs) I'd like to scrap that question from the show. (laughs) Uh, Anzac round looks a bit different as well. Uh, Three games being played on Anzac Day. The Warriors get their own uh, Anzac match, which I think is... um, Great. So they're yep. taking on the Titans. That's right. I don't know the quality of that match. Uh, Dragons, Roosters at Allianz Stadium and Storm Rabbitohs. That'll be a belter. Yeah, down three in Melbourne. games. How good's that? Absolutely. That's a little look at the 2024 NRL draw. Uh, a local one at that, Peter Boyevich, uh, also known as Mr. Mow-It-All, uh, on, his, <laughs> on his way to uh, raise $100,000 for Movember. Incredible cause. Uh, with all the details, he joins us on the line. Uh, good morning, Peter. Good morning, guys. How are you? Very well, thanks, Peter. I've, I'm looking at a picture of you, and that is some dirty mo you've got in this picture. Mm. It's getting it's getting nice and thick and luscious, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. you're right. It's, it's a dual meaning, isn't it, Mr. Mo at all? Uh, explain what you're doing tonight to raise the funds for Movember. Uh, so tonight in uh, Harrington Park at Fairfax Reserve, yes. I will be endeavouring to beat the Guinness World Record for the furthest distance a lawnmower has been pushed in 24 hours. And what is the condition of the track that you've got to push this mower around? Is it is it a turf track or do you push it around on concrete? I mean... Does a mower have to be on? <laughs> yeah. uh, plenty of questions. So the the uh, some of the rules stipulate that it must be on grass. Yes, right. and the mower must be running for the entire period of twenty four hours, wow. And, wow. and cutting cutting grass for the the same length. So uh, I'll be doing it around an AFL field, just cutting laps. How how can it run for twenty four? You can't have a lawnmower run for twenty four hours without turning it off and refueling. Surely. Uh, fortunately, I'm I'm using a battery powered lawnmower. Of course, uh, and saving the big, environment. Yeah. Come on, Brendan, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that a separate category to the motor mower record? No, no, it's actually the same. So it's powered right. electric or, pet- or petrol, same category. Right. Fortunately, the electric is just a little bit lighter, so it's a little and, bit of a strategy. And do you have like a bit of a pit crew or does someone change the battery for you? How are you going to keep hydrated mm. along the way? Are you going to have a camel pack on? Have you got gels? How, how's this? And because are you really, wearing the shorts and the no, wife beater? Because it's really important that you keep well, the energy levels amount up. Of preparations, yeah, monstrous <laughs> amount of preparations gone into this. There will be a pit stop, but uh, one of the, another rule is that only I can touch the lawnmower. So okay. there'll be uh, char- charged batteries ready to swap out every 60 minutes and, and some stations set up for, for drinks and, and nutrition. I've got a great team behind me, and then I'll, when I do take breaks, I'll, um, I'll check in, and that's when I'll have my, my feeds and stuff. And so how many Ks an hour will you be covering? I'm aiming of the, the initial strategy is to cover six kilometres an hour, and, and depending on how I feel when I, when I get into that's it. That's doable. And get my mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. That once I, once I settle in, I'll, I'll pick it up uh, after a couple of hours and, and I, aim for six point five. And have you done a, a mock run? Have you, do you reckon you've got this in the bag? Very confident. Very yeah, confident. I haven't, oh. done, I haven't done the, the one hundred and twenty four, obviously, but yeah, very confident. Some of the I, training he's done. He, you've been going around like the uh, the harbour, the the harbour forecourt with a with a mower. My my partner jokingly uh, says that she's in a relationship with me in a lawnmower now. It's come everywhere with me of late. It's a and, weird threesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've taken it everywhere. I, I ran the City of the Surf earlier this year as well with a lawnmower. So what's been the motivation behind this? The motivation for me, so I've been involved in various charities over the years and, and Movember for a few years now. Uh, it, I, I really have come to understand how important men's health is and that the stigma behind it hasn't quite turned the corner that I think it needs to. Mm. Um, some of the conversations and the connections that I've had throughout the fundraising has really put emphasis on the importance of it for me personally. And uh, this year I decided I'd put myself in, in an uncomfortable space, squeeze a little bit more out of the lemon and um, challenge myself um, to go that little bit more and spread a little bit more awareness, uh, hopefully raise a little bit more money and, um, yeah, have some deeper and broader conversations. Why the lawnmower? There, there must have been so many other records you could pick. <laughs> Um, I actually followed the, the previous record holders uh, journey last year and um, w- upon reflecting on the, the month of November last year, I, I was at, at the pub having a beer with a mate and, and share, sharing the story and showing, look at this guy and um, he, he's laid the challenge out to me. You should, you should give that a go. And, and so I took it upon myself, 2023, here we are. I bet too your wife would be filthy because anytime she's asked you to mow the lawn, yeah. it's like, no, oh, I can't, oh, I'm busy. On. It's like, oh, no, no, now you're going to walk out 150 k's so of the lawn have you got a lawnmower sponsor? Yes, so Victor's Victor jumped on board early on, and they've been amazing. Um, I've got a few lawnmowers. I've got a, a backup just in case. Another uh, mock mower so that anyone wants to join in and, and cuddle out with me can push a mower as well. Oh, unreal. Uh, awesome. Do you actually yeah. have to cut? Yes, yeah, so we'll be cutting. Um, I guess once you go over it once or twice, it, it gets easier. It <laughs> 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 we'll, <laughs> we'll be cutting. Um, well, I'm very familiar with this reserve. It's, uh, it's near my house, Fairfax Reserve Get in Harrington there, Park. No, I will. I've, I've played a few shocking innings of cricket at that park, I'll yeah. tell you that much. So if you see a, a guy wearing a weird bull riding hat that's me. the park, that's him. Yeah, that's the Stetson. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll keep a look at it. We're going for 100K, very doable. Um, how do we donate, my friend? Um, so if you'd like to donate, uh, jump on the Instagram or Facebook page, Mr. Moldor, with it. it's Mr. M-O it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will take you through directly to my most space and all of the funds go directly through to the Movember Foundation. Unreal. You're a proper hero, brother. All the best uh, with breaking that record. Um, do you sleep at all? Like what? Go, you just go 24 hours straight? 24 hours straight. Wow. No, no stops. So I'll, I'll try to work in four-hour blocks with a 10-minute break. Every four hours. Huge. Plenty of caffeine needed. Absolutely. Um, best best <laughs> of luck to you, Peter Boyevich, an absolute legend doing it all for Movember.com. Best of luck. Thank you so much, guys. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. Bit of a career change for former Wallabies captain Michael Hooper. He signalled the end of his career in the 15-man game. He's jumping ships to Rugby Sevens this week, but he's doing so at the age of... 32. Rest in peace, hamstrings. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, He's... well, he just is looking forward to the, what he said is um, it's massively exciting year with the Olympics on the horizon. Mm. Why not? I well, mean, that's the goal, isn't it? The he, aim. He's done as much as he can in the sport. We know that Eddie Jones overlooked him for the World Cup. Um, he's won the John Eels medal for the best player in um, rugby Australia for however many times. So Jeez. why not? I hope he's still got the motor. 
because that takes some motor, that sport. Well, he did mention that there is a uh, a lot of running, the most oh, he's ever seen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It is it is a sport. They just run from one end to the other and they can't stop. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's, his motor better not be blowing blue smoke. That's all I yeah. can 125 caps for the Wallabies. Absolutely incredible. But I think he could do it. Well, it's a fun challenge. And, I mean, he, he will have to change his, his body shape somewhat to perform mm. at, at that level. So I think if he... He must be okay at it. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. Yeah, well, that's most things. We'll see. <laughs> no, that's most people, things. So we'll see. Like me and Bocci. Look, he's yeah. a great player, so let's just hope he's got the But when he's performed at a certain level, he's not going to embarrass himself if he didn't think he had a shot. 100%. Now, it is inaugural wear a cowboy hat uh, to work day. You wouldn't have heard about it because it's it was imposed by Richard Friedman. And it's exclusive to us. Very yeah. exclusive. <laughs> and we are looking good, but for, uh, for a very important cause. Well, it's a cause dear to my heart that... I, I have great empathy and sympathy for the, the Brumbies in the Kosciuszko National Park, which the government at this stage are intending and I believe have already started to cull from a helicopter, mm. which is, any horseman will tell you, is the cruelest, most barbaric way to kill horses. So you're not disagreeing that we do need to cull them? Well, we do need to reduce their numbers. According to them... A lot of people in the, that live down there say there's not nearly the numbers that they say there are, that this is being done to ramp up their agenda to get rid of them. So there's about 20,000 and they want to get it down to about 3,000 by 2027. There's people down, who live down there say there's no more than about 3,000 total. Sure. Right? But, you know, the, 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 it doesn't matter. I think we can all agree on this. Even if you do have to control them. And I think horsemen will accept that if you do have to control them so that they don't damage the National Park. They've been there for 200 years. They, I guess they would have done it by now. But anyway, now we have to shoot them from the air. It is, if you have ever seen the carcasses of broodmares who have been shot in the belly, because there's only a very small area where you can shoot a horse from a helicopter. It's about the size of your hand, your open palm, and it's behind their ear. And if you miss that, you break the horse's jaw or you hit it in the neck, they'll take weeks oh, to die. Sounds horrific. Uh, it's horrendous and it's cruel and it should be stopped. And I'm going to try and do everything I can to get the aerial culling stopped because they say there's no other viable way of doing this. There are other ways. Yes, they're more expensive. Yes, they'll take longer. But they're more humane. But they no, I don't know anyone who could yeah. who could say it's okay to see a foal starving to death next to its dead mother. Is there, is there anything we can do on a ground level to <sighs> All we've got to do is be aware of this, that mm -hmm. this is happening. Penny Sharp is the minister. Perhaps you could write to her and say, just stop this. This is, this is bad. That's my opinion. It's not the opinion held by a lot of people who'll say, oh, they're destroying the environment. Okay, even if they are, right? let's do it There's the right way. way. To do it. Okay. Let's do it the right way. Right. Thanks for that, Richard. I got a lot of problems with you people. You're going to hear about it. Richard's list of grievances. I'm going out in a limb here. It's a dangerous one, this one. Oh, <laughs> good. I'm glad we didn't talk about it. <laughs> I have a problem with the company Christmas party. Okay. We're just about to have ours yeah, next well, Friday. Oh, I didn't get an invite. You did. It's in your... I don't have a work email. Well, it's It's not there. the point. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the point What's is... What's your point? The obligation. The company feels like they have to do it. The employees feel like they have to go. These are not people that you chose as friends. They're people you see every day at work. You spend a lot of time with them. There's probably nothing you don't know about them. Why then 
would you need to have a Christmas party with them? I would like to have a Christmas drink with you and mm. Brendo and, yeah. and Beck and everyone. And we could call it a, a, a Christmas, Christmas party, party, if you will. <laughs> so what's the problem? I don't agree Just with you. Just don't think it achieves anything. It's because you're a Grinch. No, it's not because not I'm a Grinch. I, I think if people are honest, they think, yeah, it's free drinks, you know, and they like the free drinks. But, you know. Can I say this? Usually I'm not a Christmas party guy, but this year I reckon the company's got it exactly right. First of all, it's on a Friday rather than midweek. I wouldn't know I didn't get the invite, but anyway. See, now you you don't even want it midweek. You see, but once you start qualifying it, I think it... And Who it starts to my go. And it starts, well, if you're an employee, you can go. Oh, well, but they don't say We were told to tell everyone. you, Candace. We were told to tell you. You can come I'm along busy. if you want. I'm busy now. <laughs> Sounds like it. And it starts at four o'clock in the afternoon. Ah. Oh, that's a problem. You know, I like it. You know, it's just, it's just so got to be structured so that everyone's got to fit in so they, you can get people to come. I just think there's got to be a better way. Did you the get old an invite? Christmas party. I don't know. It's just an invitation to do something horrendous while you're under the influence. Mm. Get yourself sacked, lose your promotion, alienate all your workmates. Did you get an invite? Did you get an invite to the Christmas party? Because I didn't. Did you get one? I'm assuming I did. So you did. You didn't get one. <laughs> well, I may have. I think I it's don't been. Know. I think it's been rescinded after that. So, well, diatribe. No, maybe no, we I, can just do something I, together. I just. I. I just. I reckon if you ask the bosses, they go. Well, we've got to put it on, haven't we? Mm. You know? Yeah. I think I think that's the, the underlying attitude. It's just a part of it. It's just no, a social norm. Do you norm. know what I find more inconvenience at Christmas time? The Kris Kringle. The work Kris Kringle. That, to me, work. is mm. a pain in the and bum. And it's just commercialisation. Well, you, you're you going to hate what I've got planned for the last show. I'll let you know what that is <laughs> next week. Desert Legends on Sydney's Triple M.